It's game week on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. A day away, we give our season projections and we get ready for game one against South Dakota State. Trenton LaShawn with you today. Also, a look back at last night. Great night in football. We'll talk about that and make our picks for week one. All coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He's former Hawkeye running back LaShawn Daniels. I'm Trent Condon. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day available wherever you find podcasts. And you can also find us on YouTube. Just search Lockdown Hawkeyes and give us a click of that subscribe button over there. LaShawn, we got a great night of football last night. A few more games tonight. We get Illinois against Indiana. You got high school football on the coaching sideline. I got it up in the press box calling a game. And then we'll have some late night football as well. TCU against Colorado. We made it, LaShawn. It's officially football season. Yeah, feels good. Feels good. Definitely got welcomed back to it pretty good last night um, with a bunch of fantastic football games and looking forward to some more, um, you know, Saturday and for honestly for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, we get it all the way through the week. Sunday, we'll get Florida State against LSU, a helmet game. I don't know how good either of those teams are going to be, but it's going to look pretty on the television. Today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And then on Monday, Georgia Tech, they get Clemson, but it's an opportunity to see DJ Ungalele. Has he taken a step forward this year? Kubulik, a lot of people are excited about the freshman quarterback that comes in, and if DJ isn't ready, that he can take over the reins there. So even a little bit of intrigue, and it's Monday Night College Football. I mean, who's going to complain about that? Have a little barbecue, have a good time on Monday and the day off, and then get right back at it with some more football on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. It, I mean, at this point in time, especially at this point in time in the year, it doesn't matter who's on. Um, I'm watching it. I'm locked in, and I'm going to enjoy it. Well, last night, Penn State-Purdue, that's our headliner, and we're going to start right there, starting because, obviously, of the Iowa connections. And what we saw last night from Charlie Jones, the former Hawkeye, putting together a huge performance He had 21 catches all of last year as a Hawkeye. He had 12 in game one with Purdue last night. He wanted to go to Purdue because of the offense, what they do dynamically. You certainly understand the decision. LaShawn, what I've heard, though, most of the Hawkeye fans that are upset about it is not his decision decision to transfer. I think a lot of people understood that, a chance to go out there and prove yourself, not just as a returner as he did at Iowa, but also as a wide receiver. Purdue gives you a better chance to do that. But it was the timing. After going through spring practice, after going through the 15 practices with the team, then after that to make that decision, I think that rankled a few Hawkeye fans. What was your takeaway and the timing of his decision? Yeah, so it's definitely a little frustrating, right, to have someone transfer out of spring after, like right after spring ball, especially like even practicing um, for a while, like you're trying to get an idea of like, hey, like what the next year's team, this upcoming season is going to look like, right? And you're expecting like that guy to be there. And then you go through the practices and then 
they see, you know, they decide, ah, this isn't for me, right? I need to go, I want to go to another place, um, which is perfectly fine, right? All the kids, they got to do what's best in their interests. And I mean, it's probably not too often you get to play with, you know, one of your best friends. So I'm sure Charlie Jones, with the opportunity, he went. But it is frustrating from, you know, the team standpoint. Like, you know, you've been working out with these guys for the past, especially like after spring ball for like, you know, obviously a few years at that point, but for the upcoming season, it's already been like, you know, three, four months. And like, you're expecting to be relying on that guy during the season. So it is a little frustrating, you know, to have them go on and decide to move to another school. But at the end of the day, they got to do what's, what's best for them. And as we saw yesterday, uh, Charlie Jones had plenty of, plenty of opportunities um, to catch the football. And nicely did a really, really good job with it um, uh, to start off the year. So, it looks like it's it's a decision already that looks like it's already paying off. One argument, though, that I at least popped into my head last night, LaShawn, is if Charlie Jones is going to make the NFL, it's not going to be as a wide receiver. I, I think we all understand that. The, the likelihood that he catches on as just a wide receiver is incredibly slim. It's going to be as a returner. He is incredibly good at that. Now, being a guy that can also catch some passes and puts up a year where he catches 70, 80, 90 balls this year, as he more than likely will with Purdue, yeah, that's going to help in teams and getting people's eye. But the way that he's going to stick as a returner, his returns were not good last night. He was not good in the return game, and I think it goes hand in hand. LeVar Woods, he's great. He's a great coach, and he has put his guys in a great position. I can make the argument that he is still, if he would have stuck around Iowa, hey, he would have had a lot more snaps as a wide receiver this year. We certainly. The second part of that equation is how much better he would be in the return game. Purdue has not been good in the return game in the past, and if that continues, how much of a nick is that going to be to a scout, to an NFL GM saying, you know what, he wasn't as good when he wasn't in that Iowa system that's so good. So this very well could be a knock against him. That's at least an argument I can make. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting argument for sure. Um, And the way that I look at it, like, I think, like, right now, like NFL scouts, like they've seen like his ability as a returner, right? They've mm-hmm. seen it. They've seen him be able to obviously make good decisions back there, both in the punt return game, which is obviously very, very important in the NFL, and then also be able to make plays in the kick return game, right? And they they've seen that from Charlie Jones. Um, and special teams is a big piece of the NFL, and there's plenty of guys that um, you know just make you know a team just because of their special team skills. And I really think that. You know, Charlie, like from a future perspective standpoint, was like, you know, I don't think like, you know, scouts and teams in general have looked at me and see me valuable enough, like in addition to just being a return man. Right. So having the opportunities to be a receiver, be a true receiver in the Purdue offense and be able to show off, I think was probably a big decision that probably influenced his his choice to transfer Obviously, yeah, um, not having the success in the return game is going to be, you know, a little frustrating. I'm sure it's going to be a little frustrating for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like it's not going to have as big of an effect on him, right, because they've seen him be able to do it already, right? And they're like a lot of teams might just be like, hey, you know, we're going to have much better better special teams than, uh, you know, Purdue does, right? They're going to do a lot of things that, you know, Iowa does, right, wherever – like being able to be good in special teams. So 
I feel like it's not going to be as big of a knock on him because NFL scouts have seen his ability, right? And he's, I'm sure he's going to show off that ability at some point in time, you know, during the season, right? We're, we're early in the season. It's just week one. Um, but I feel like the biggest choice for Charlie, he was just like, yeah, I want, I want teams to be able to see my ability as a receiver. So when I do go into, um, you know, an NFL team roster, um, that I actually have a true fair shot to actually show my additional uh, abilities besides just catching football on returns. Well, that's enough about the former guys. Let's talk about the guys that are <laughs> actually wearing the black and gold, the real black and gold, not that Purdue garbage over there, our hated rivals <laughs> to, to the East. Let's get into the Hawkeyes. And LaShawn, I want to jump into uh, this with you. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about South Dakota State, but just get an overview, kind of where you are Yesterday, uh, during the podcast, I gave my season prediction. Unfortunately, I ended up at 7-5. and five. I was a little bit surprised when I kind of w and it and went there, but you know my thoughts on the quarterback position. I just, mm-hmm. at this point in the career, I can't see Spencer Petras making a jump, making the leap this year. The defense is still going to be elite, but are they going to win all the close games that they won a year ago? The schedule, I think, is much more difficult this season. You add, of course, Michigan and, and Ohio State to the regular season the struggles they've had with Purdue, Wisconsin, what a problem that's been. And, and are they in perpetuity always going to beat Iowa State and Minnesota and Nebraska? I, I think there's going to be at least one L out of that group this year. And that's that's what I ended up with at, at 7-5. and five. So where are you? Your season thoughts, just an overview of what this Hawkeye team is going to finish up. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as record predictions, I'm not really – I never really do them, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, I'm yeah. not really too into – to doing like the record predictions. Um, obviously the quarterback and the offense in general is the biggest question mark for, for the Hawkeyes, right? Cause we obviously we, we talk about it all the time, right? The defense is going to be strong. Again, we got a bunch of returning uh, starters from last year. In addition to adding some really, really good young players that are going to see, you know, a bunch of football um, early on. And then obviously, you know, special teams um, is something that's been good since this entire uh, tenure during, uh, you know, since Coach Ferris has been there. So those are two areas, you know, never really worried about, right? And obviously, like, the offense is, is the biggest question mark. I think even last night in the Penn State-Purdue game, Joel Klatt said something, like, about the frustration with Sean Clifford and him being there mm-hmm. um, because it's like he, he said something like, uh, the fans, uh, they're not really that high, right, and going on being in the NFL. And I think that's kind of how – People are, are looking at the quarterback position right now um, at Iowa. So it's going to it's going to fall, fall a lot on his shoulders, um, on Spencer's shoulders. Um, obviously, everyone, they, they came out. They, they know Spencer's a starter, right? We know that, he, that he's going to be the guy, um, you know, for, for the year, right? Unless something um, happens, which we hope obviously doesn't. But, yeah, it, it's going to be relying on that quarterback position. Um, but I think – this year, I was going to get back to a lot more of their roots, right? Being able to run the football um, much more effectively, having a strong, a stronger offensive line um, than they had last year, right? And then, obviously, the receiver position right now is is kind of up in the air, right? There's a lot of question marks there. Uh, so it's not going to be the easiest on the quarterback position right now. But that's where, hey, I think the, the guys are just going to lean on the run game a lot. They're going to lean on those tight ends to be able to make plays. Um, and then when the receivers have those opportunities, uh, that they, they go out there and make it right. And then, so Spencer's just got to make sure that he's, you know, managing the football game, taking care of the football, making smart decisions, right. But also giving 
this guy's a chance to to create explosive plays because I see the offense that we had last year isn't isn't what's gonna what's gonna get it done. And there's no guarantee that the defense is just gonna be lights out. Um, you know, forcing you know a bunch of tor- turnovers like they did last year. So that's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of teams on the schedule that can put up points on the board, regardless if they're going against a good defense or not. So that's where the offense is definitely going to have to pick up some slack, control the football bunch, and then, you know, obviously um, not have those three and out drives and sustain drives, get points, uh, specifically touchdowns and finishing those drives. And that's good stuff. And I think a fair way to put it. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. No big deal, right? Well, you're wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Get high. Drive high. Get a DUI. Trent Cotton and LaShawn Daniels back with you on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. So, We've talked a, a little bit this week about South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, and certainly the opponent. They're an FCS team. We've talked about 2016 in North Dakota State. And though they're good and though they've won a national championship recently, the one big difference that I see is up front. They lose three starters on the offensive line from a year ago. They lose a bunch from their defensive line. They got a linebacker listed as a starter at 210 pounds. This is not the physically imposing North Dakota State team that you guys saw back in 2016. And and really, why, though I'm concerned, because I'm always concerned, I'm not exactly the most optimistic fan out there, LaShawn. The reason that I look at it is because I believe Iowa's line play ultimately is going to be too much for the Jackrabbits. Is is that a fair place to start when you're looking like a matchup like this? Yeah, yeah. The the trenches is what's going to really honestly make the difference in this football game. I mean, the trenches is one of the hardest things to get right in football, right? And and trying to find kind of even NFL teams struggle to find find guys there, right? So it's so when you compare the trenches between Iowa and you compare them against South Dakota State, you you would you would think Iowa's going to have that advantage, right? I mean, especially on the defensive line side, right? Got a bunch of guys um over there that have played a bunch, a bunch of football. Um, and in addition to that fantastic defense, but also um, when you look at Iowa's offensive line, we got guys that were really, really young last year um, that are that played a lot of football that are now, you know, have a bunch more experience on their belt and is going to be stronger up front, right? So I feel like that's where a bunch of the difference is going to be made, but also the, there's going to be a huge difference in the amount of depth um, in general in all the positions um, when you compare the Hawks to the South Dakota State, right? Because, you know, FCS teams, Obviously, they have their division one schools. They have a bunch of talented players, um, but most of the time they are FCS schools for for a reason, right? Just because, hey, they're not they're not getting all the superstars that you're getting, you know, and and an FBS, let alone in, at the top school. So there's going to be a bunch of depth uh, issues that South Dakota State is going to be trying to fumble with throughout the game, and that's why if Iowa can control football, especially um, with the run game and, and kind of just continue just to wear on, you know, South Dakota State, on the, especially during the first game, because, I mean, the first game is when you're usually the most tired mm-hmm. throughout the entire season. Um, 
So if, if they're able to do that and, and really wear on them for, for the full 60 minutes, um, it's going to be tough for South Dakota State to, to obviously, uh, you know, over, over uh, combat that. So that's really where I'm at. I'm kind of on the same boat as you. The trenches is going to be a huge difference, um, but also the, the amount of depth on, on both sides of the football. Um, the Hawks are going to have the advantage there. So they just got to make sure that they lean on that advantage um, and really don't let you know, South Dakota State uh, you know, create any splash plays and, um, you know, let them create turnovers and, and things like that. So South Dakota State comes in, new quarterback after sitting out last season, torn ACL. He's a guy that led them to the national championship, though, in the spring season of 2020. Really talented guy coming off an injury, though. This first game out, LaShawn, I, I don't believe you had any big time, you know, long-term injuries, but when you see guys out there for the first time or, or just – when you hit the field for the first time in the season after practicing against each other, after having, what, nine months away from real live game action, what is that first game like? And that first time coming out, even after you've done it before, that first time for the season coming out the tunnel at Kinnick Stadium? Yeah. Um, it's First of all, it's obviously it's, it's crazy, crazy exciting, right? And everyone's amped up and ready to go. Um, but as I just mentioned, you know, about a couple minutes ago, like that first game, like that's that's when you're going to be the most tired, like the out the throughout the entire season. We right? saw the because... Purdue game last night. The guy puking after his pick six. <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> right. I mean, you've been doing you've been doing all this conditioning and all this stuff. You've been practicing all these different things, but it's different when you get in an actual live scenario where both teams have game planned. Um, right, you know what's you have an idea of what's coming. Right. You, you obviously know your assignments. And you're doing all these different things and you're trying to make plays, help your football team win. And just the amount of energy that you expend just trying to get ready for the game, um, you know, from the week leading up. And even as you go through warm ups and, you know, you head out there. Right. Like like the energy, there's a bunch of energy that's being, you know, expended uh, upon. Right. Because you, now you have to get back into that flow of actually being in real football games and actually hitting for real. Um, which is a totally different type of conditioning. And it's hard, very, very hard to emulate it, even when you go live and practice, just because, again, it's still practice. There's no, like, there's stakes, but there's no real, real stakes, right? There's no, you know, real-life consequences, right? Like, if you lose, if the offense loses in practice, right, you know, you just lose in practice, right? There's no record, right? The next day, everything resets. There's just no big deal. So, yeah, first day, you're, you're trying to manage your energy as, as best as possible, um and if you haven't played in a long time so like if you haven't played in a year um like it can be very very difficult right to to get that adjustment but you know at the end of the day once you get past that part and then you're like okay like i'm fine now like i've been hit a couple of times right i've been running around a little bit right and you get into that you know you get to the later in the game you're like okay at the end of the day it's just football right it's just football you've been playing football you know your entire lives Right. So at that point now, it's just like, OK, let's let's just go out and see who's better. And we will see that on Saturday, 11 o'clock kickoff coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to it at Kinnick Stadium. We're going to wrap things up on the other side. We will talk about the big games and we'll do it against the point spread. Bet online is our continued sponsor of our picks. We will do that week one, week zero. We both made two picks. We went one and one each. Hey, you got to be above 500, though, to make money. Because he got that juice in there. We'll make our picks five games this week. Trent and LaShawn continue with the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast.
All right, let's do it, LaShawn. Time for we get into. We got five games on the docket. We're going to save the Hawkeye game for last. So uh, let's start here with this one, a game I know you're going to have your eye on because, well, certainly your dad's going to have his eye on it too. The Buckeyes <laughs> at the Horseshoe. Welcome in Notre Dame. It's a rivalry that has only been played three times over the last 40 years during the regular season. Just one home and home. They played in a couple of Fiesta Bowls. The Buckeyes, though, a huge favorite here. Favored by 17. You got Notre Dame in the points. Are you going to lay it with the Buckeyes? Uh, personally, I'm going to take Notre Dame in the, in the points. Right. Uh, I feel like that's a line, um, especially like for the first, first game of the year. Um, where, you know, sometimes offenses just in general, they start, they start a little slow, right? Even, even high powered offenses, right. And defenses are kind of just going to be flying around, especially with Notre Dame and their, their defensive minded head coach. Uh, I feel like, I feel like I'm going to take, I'm taking the points with them. Um, I feel like it's going to be a lot closer than what, what people think, even though they are playing, you know, in the shoe, which mm-hmm. is a very, very difficult place to play. Um, but it's going to be a big time football game. It's going to be guys flying around, a bunch of guys that are going to be playing on Sundays. So I'm excited for it. But yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to take Notre Dame in the points. Tyler Buckner, he's not ready for this. And I think this Notre Dame team, they have to score to beat Ohio State. You're not going to be able to beat this Buckeye team 2017. You're not going to be able to beat them, you know, 13 12. You're going to have to score. You're going to have to score in the 30s, I think, to beat this team at any point this year. They're that dynamic offensively. And with what Stroud can do, I just don't think Buckner can do it at this point. It might be late. It might be a pull away. I got this one finishing 38-17, and that means that it is a cover for the Buckeyes. So our first ever disagreement, LaShawn, you got the Irish. I got the Buckeyes in uh, pick number one here this week. Game number two, it happens tonight. All Big Ten tilt, Illinois against Indiana. I'll go first on this one, LaShawn. Has been one of my favorite picks of the week. In fact, this is one I had circled back in the preseason as a game I knew I was going to attack right away. I thought the point spread was off. I'm down on Indiana this year. I think we're going to find out that 2020 was an anomaly and that Tom Allen just does not have the right mix of guys there. Had a lot of transfers, a lot of infighting, it sounds like, happening there. And Brett Bielema, he just knows how to win and certainly knows how to win in the Big Ten West. Give me the Illini. They get it done. They're getting a point and a half. It's not going to matter. I like Illinois to win this game outright. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Illinois is going to cover. I'm not really t- wasn't too worried about this mm-hmm. one. I mean, obviously they didn't play a great football team last week, right. but you know, they're able to do pretty much whatever uh, they wanted to um, offensively and defensively. And I feel like that trend is going to continue against uh, on paper, right. And not, not great Indiana team, but guess we'll see. But yeah, Illinois is going to cover. All right, let's go to another uh, big top 25 matchup and another one with a huge point spread. Oregon getting 17 against Georgia. Though this isn't a home game, it's not between the hedges down in Athens. It's in Atlanta. I mean, for all intents and purposes, a home game here for the Bulldogs. The defending national champion, though, laying 17. What do you got here, LaShawn? Again, I think, uh, again, I feel like that's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge line. Uh-huh. Right, We saw Oregon fall apart last year towards the end of the season right against we saw those two games that they played against utah um but oregon's always a team that that's going to compete they're going to be right there obviously we saw them beat the buckeyes last year in the shoe right but obviously it's a new year new team this and that and they're playing against the defending national um champion all that said 
I still think that they cover. I feel like that's a wow. that's a tough line. Um, you know, early in the season. Um, obviously Georgia, they lost a bunch of guys on defense that are obviously playing on are gonna be playing on Sundays, but they're probably just gonna reload a bunch of those positions. But again, it's gonna be a lot of guys that are gonna be um, you know, playing football, playing big time football for for really like the first time in a, in a starting role. Um, but again, they're they're talented guys. Um, but I still feel like Oregon's gonna Oregon's gonna Oregon's going to cover. We have another agreement here. Of course, Dan Lanning goes from being the defensive coordinator at Georgia to becoming the head coach at Oregon. He's going to know this group, all those losses defensively. I don't know if the Ducks are going to score at the same level. I just don't. Stetson Bennett, I know he's a national champion now. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's not He's not exactly the dynamic quarterback there. Yeah, Georgia wins, but Oregon hangs around. I'm going to grab the points with you. We're both on the Ducks. This next one, LaShawn, another one of my favorites this week that I had circled. I think Cincinnati is due for some big-time regression this year. It lose Sauce Gardner. You lose Ritter. You lose all that group that went there. And you don't reload at a place like Cincinnati, certainly not at the level that they were. K.J. Jefferson is an outstanding quarterback. I love Sam Pittman. I love myself a big, fat coach, and that's Pittman down at Arkansas. And I'm laying less than a touchdown. I think the Razorbacks win this one, certainly by double digits. I'll lay it. Give me Arkansas minus the six and a half. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, so I, I do agree with a bunch of, bunch of what you just said, right? Um, obviously, they, they lost some talented guys um, all over the field last year. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, they, they made the playoffs, right? They had talented guys um, all over the place. Um and you know Arkansas again, they're they're SEC football team that's actually started to really kind of turn the corner and really you know start putting out some some good football teams out there. Um, and I see they got a great they got a good coaching staff. But I feel like Cincinnati's coaching staff is also really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Luke Fickle is a fantastic coach. Obviously, has done a lot of good for for, for that team over there. Um, but I'm feeling like it's going to be real, real. I feel like this game is going to be pretty, pretty close, to be honest. And I feel like Cincinnati will cover on the points. All right. Um, but I still think Arkansas will probably, probably still win. But I feel like Cincinnati will, will cover for sure. Keeping it close and going with the Bearcats. We wrap things up with Iowa. Now, this point spread's, spread's been interesting. Uh, it opened up offshore a sports betting company that isn't legal to bet on, but state Iowa. I might've dabbled a time or two over there. So it opened up offshore though. It was Iowa favored by 15 and a half. Yesterday. I saw the first one, at least in the state of Iowa, had it open as Iowa favored by 20 and a half. I looked again this morning at that same book and it was down to 14 and a half. So obviously they took a lot of South Dakota state money currently, at least in the state of Iowa, it is 16 and a half bet online. Again, a great resource here and our, Sponsor of our picks. We're going to put it Hawkeyes favored by 16 and a half. LaShawn, you get first choice here. The floor is yours. <laughs> 16 and a half is a bunch of points. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a lot. That's a big, that's a big spread. Personally, nothing has inspired me on offensive side of football yet to make me think that they're going to outscore a team by more than more than two touchdowns. So I'm taking South Dakota State in the points. Um, I'm still taking that that point sixteen and a half is a big spread for for my Hawks, even against the FCS team. Um, oh, how to play some football, right? They're a really talented group, um, and so they're going to keep it real close. They're going to battle. Um, they're not definitely not going to be afraid to come into Kinnick and compete. 
and I feel like the scores reflect that. So I'm going to take South Dakota State in those points. Um, but, you know, the Hawks will, will still pull it out is my my hope. I'm right there with you. I'm grabbing the points here. I grabbed it at 20 and a half. I do have an interesting strategy. <laughs> so this is it shows you my degenerate life and kind of the way that I, that, that I think about things. So I already locked in South Dakota State plus 20 and a half. Now with the point spread of 14 and a half, if I come back on the other side and bet Iowa minus 14 and a half, if Iowa wins by 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, or 20, I win both my bets. That's called middling in the business. So I'm, I'm thinking about maybe doing that and trying to hit both sides, but boy, I just like that 20 and a half number so much. I don't think I'm ultimately going to go that direction. I'm with you though at the 16 and a half, I'm going to grab the Jackrabbits and the points in that one. I think we're right on the same level. I'm seeing, you know, a, a 23-14 type of game. There's going to be tense moments. The Boo Birds might come out a time or two after a three and out. And guess what? We'll be able to react to all that next week. Before we get out of here, getting ready, of course, for the college season. But don't forget about the NFL. Locked on Hawkeyes, we got you covered each and every day with your first listen. Well, now your second listen could be the ultimate pro football preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza that'll get you ready for the NFL season. The local team of experts on Locked On, plus a stable of betting experts, including Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets, combining for one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. It's Labor Day weekend. We got football all weekend long, and LaShawn, because of that, Hopefully we can get together early next week, off on Monday, maybe on Tuesday we can get together Wednesday, and uh, we will recap what we see and then get ready. It'll be Cyhawk week, and you know how big that one is, LaShawn. Yeah, yeah, we're pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for – it's the best time of the year, right? It it's the best time of the year. We get to talk Hawks. We get to watch the Hawks. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I am too. We'll be back with you next week. Looking forward to the game. Enjoy it. Until next time, for LaShawn Daniels, I'm Trent Condon. Go Hawks.